This time on No Not The Mind Probe, episode number 10, Generating Again. You're insane, John. Hiding in silence for hundreds of years, that's enough to drive anyone mad, but it's worse than that. Driven mad by your own flesh, the stink of humanity. You really do stink of humanity, John. Or is that some sort of cologne? Are you wearing Eau de Dalek? It's very nice, very metallic, very urgent. It's called Humanity Stonk, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to No, Not the Mind Probe, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. My name is John Grant, and I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 35 years. And my name is Porter Mason, and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years, and I finally said yes. Each episode, we'll look at two stories. We're going through the new new Who in order, and our Doctor Who, our Doctor Who curator, John... <laughs> Doctor Who somehow is very hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> the Doctor Who podcast. Hugh. Hugh. Dr. Hugh. Hugh. Curator, we'll, we'll pair the new Who with a classic Who story. John, what do we have in store this episode? All right, this week, we, we rock it into the season finale of season one of the new series with uh, the double episode Bad Wolf and The Parting of the Ways. And we've paired that again, very subtle thematic links mm-hmm. here uh, with the final fifth Doctor story, The Caves of Androzani. Ooh. All right, John. Let's recap those episodes. Let's uh, first. Should we should we first should we address hmm. the the big elephant in the room, which yeah. is obviously sharp eyed probers will be able to tell that I'm in Florida now. Uh, should be able to hear the hear yeah. the key differences. Yeah. So yeah. obviously you know, just that. Yeah. The way that sound bounces off of flamingos assholes <laughs> is <laughs> is very distinct. Yeah. Um, and and I don't know why all these flamingos are in here, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but they're 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 keeping it down. And obviously, the other thing we should probably we should note to probers is that uh, um, we are recording uh, uh, without knowing who the next president is. Uh, this will go That's out right. later, obviously. Um, but uh, I think I, I think we can we can we can take the risk. I, I think no, not the mind probe has projected a winner. Uh, are, yeah. we, are we prepared to call it? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen enough. Uh, we're going to call it for Jesse the Body Ventura. A huge comeback. His moment has come. Is he now dead? Is what time. happened to him? <laughs> hey, no, he just filmed a commercial for this election, actually. <laughs> One of those bipartisan or like tripartisan at that point um, <laughs> ads of saying like, hey, everybody should vote. Your vote counts. Things like this. <laughs> was, it, was it that enthusiastic? <laughs> Maybe that that's enthusiastic. the problem with our election system. Hey, your vote counts. Everybody should <laughs> probably vote. All right. So now we've got that out of the way, that baggage. Because it's going yes. to come across in our in our voices and our, our whole demeanor, I feel like. And what well, John is in Florida, I, of course, as always, I'm in an undisclosed location <laughs> on the East Coast, uh, somewhere near Bloomfield, New Jersey. It's your heavy Jersey accent gives it away. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, let's recap yeah, things let's here. First, the new Who. We got a lot to do here, John. It's a mm-hmm. double episode. There's a lot going <laughs> let's go on. People. Um, this is the uh, the two episodes we're going to look at are Bad Wolf and The Parting of the Ways, season one, episodes twelve and thirteen of the new series. The release date was June eleventh and eighteenth, two thousand five. And John Check brought out. a little clip, a little tiny, little adorable little clip. We're going to play that here. Oh, really? Why is that then? We have your associate. You will obey or she will be exterminated. No. Explain yourself. I said no. What is the meaning of this negative? It means no. But she will be destroyed. No. Because this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue her. I'm going to save Rose Tyler from the middle of the Dalek fleet. And then I'm going to save the Earth. And then, just to finish off, I'm going to wipe every last stinking Dalek out of the sky. But you have no weapons, no defenses, no plan. Yeah. And doesn't that scare you to death? 
Rose? Yes, Doctor? I'm coming to get you. Ooh, I'm coming to get you, Rose. Mm-hmm. Look out, very Rose. dramatic. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very kind of a, a badass doctor moment there. Mm-hmm. Uh, calling his shot, telling the Daleks, watch the F out. I'm coming for you. And I'm telling you I'm coming for you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Great heroic moment for Eccleston. Pretty great. Pretty great. All right. Well, so let's recap this episode. Uh, we find the gang, which at this point is Dr. Rose, Captain Jack, each waking up to find out. And so starting with Bad Wolf, they each wake up to find out they're involved in a different robot run game show of a sort. Rose is in a Weakest Link knockoff. The doctor's in Big Brother. And Captain Jack is in, it's like a top model type thing. I don't know this. You'll know. I didn't. About. I think it's called "What Not to Wear" or something okay. like that. But it, I wasn't it, it, familiar. Some, yeah, I wasn't either. I mean, it read as some kind of reality show. I I got it, but I I wasn't familiar. Well, with and the all of one. the all of the voices on the reality shows are all the actual people. So it's the Big Brother person. It's Anne from okay. Weakest Link, and it's uh, and whoever those people were are also <laughs> were the voices of those <laughs> robots. I, I that was a new one. Of me. So all of these are these sinister versions of the game. Uh, in Weakest Link and Big Brother, when a contestant is voted off, voted off, they are killed. They're zapped to bits. In Captain Jack's show, the robots want to do like, violent plastic surgery on him. Uh, the doctor breaks out with one of his fellow contestants and finds out they are on a satellite run by Bad Wolf Corporation. This is the same word that's been following him. He referenced it. I think it was last time yeah, when he first down. referenced it. Yes, yes, because it was yes, it, he saw it in Welsh. We find it's the same satellite the doctor, quote, saved in the long game reference uh, previous episode mm-hmm. of uh, Untump for that. Yeah. When he stopped the Jagrafess's mind control over the news, this satellite, I guess, developed into this brutal reality show factory. And I think about 100 years have passed, maybe. Yeah. They thought something years. like that. Jack escapes as well. They kind of team up and they reach Rose, but right as she's disintegrated for she is the weakest link they are arrested and taken to the control to four or five hundred like before now it's an android kind of running things she's hooked up to all sorts of stuff into her head and she's running this whole show she's actually brought the doctor here because uh she well she's bringing him here to help and then she confesses this during there's a solar flare and, and at that moment her overseers can't hear what's going on so she confesses i brought you here to help i can only tell you why during this brief moment doesn't really quite get to it is my my memory and then there it comes back and she's she's sort of dispatched she's killed by her overseers who we don't know who that is and then uh captain jack kind of figures out that the contestants aren't being killed but actually teleported away so that's the reveal that we see rose is actually still alive she was just teleported somewhere and we see her wake up to see a Dalek. And mm-hmm. as Jack and the doctor look for Rose's coordinates, they look outside and see what's better than one Dalek? A million Daleks. A lot of Daleks. Yeah. That's a lot of Daleks. That's a lot <laughs> That's of Daleks. A lot of Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> they are the masters. Big cliffhanger. So a good cliffhanger there. Because mm-hmm. you would think it would be when Rose is killed, you know, but uh, that would be the. Right. the we give a damn about that. But no. Yeah. The doctor. Uh, okay, so the doctor moves the TARDIS to where Rose is, and they generates a shield around them. So we have this sort of conceit that allows us to just kind of hang out with the Daleks <laughs> and talk trash to them for a little while because he he keeps this shield up uh, mm-hmm. while they're talking. They reveal the Daleks reveal that their emperor survived the Time War and mm-hmm. rebuilt the army by fusing the Dalek DNA with humans. Jack recruits folks to defend the satellite while the doctor works on a weapon to stop the Daleks. He wants Rose off of there, so he tricks her into the TARDIS and actually then just sends it back to Earth. Sends it back to her block of flats there on Earth. She's trying to get back, and Rose realizes that Bad Wolf, it clicks for her that she has been seeing this throughout the past right. several, I guess, I don't know if it's been months or years now, but she sees it as, that's been following her around and she sees it as a sign as a positive thing it's not totally clear her revelation about it to me so you can talk about it more but she wants but she sees that it's a sign that she has to get back she's been like she has to get back to where the doctor sent her away from she wants to open up the tardis because we saw what that did with um the slitheen 
Yeah, she wants to become um, an egg. She's like, if I became an egg, <laughs> if I could somehow that's become how an I egg. Could do it. Bad Wolf says, become an egg. Step one, become an egg. Step <laughs> two, three, unclear. Step four, profit. That's <laughs> what we know. So uh, Mickey uh, and her mom help her open this up. Get get a truck in there. <laughs> get a truck and attach the chain to the TARDIS. <laughs> um, so they do open it up. Rose looks directly into the heart of the TARDIS. She sees a bright light and she sort of ascends to a higher consciousness. She has glowing light in her eyes. Yeah. She is able to travel to the doctor. She's very powerful. It reminds me a lot of the the Dark Phoenix during uh, during like X Men things. Mm. Uh, she becomes this sort of intergalactic being. She he's about to be killed by the Daleks who've already killed Captain Jack. She says, uh, I think he's here where she says sort of makes a little bit more clear where she says, I as this being left the bad wolf clues for myself right. later. So it's sort of a weird right, overlapping right, yeah. time thing here. She exterminates the Dalek fleet, just dispatches with them, um, brings Jack, and then decides to bring Jack back to life. She's, you know, she's very powerful here, and she begins to buckle under the weight of her power. And the Doctor sees this, and he is going to take the power away. He kisses her, that takes the power on himself, and he can't handle it either. But that forces him to regenerate into. A new doctor named David Tennant. Hey, David Tennant. Um, and that I mean, that's that's it. Uh, uh, a lot happened. Uh, John, what did, did I miss? Anything here? Um, no, I think you got a lot of it. Um, this is a. Um, uh, I had forgotten how good this was. I thought I I, I did like this uh, this episode. Oh, it, was a, it was a pretty good season finale. Um, it uh, it does a couple things well. It brings in a lot of threads throughout the season all together. Um, the, cementing the fact, that as like that this yeah. is more of a style of this new series that right. it's really going to it's going to be an arc yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and a lot of different elements you know stuff we learned in boomtown and and I, I think the thing that surprised me the most was um a that it somehow connected the long game which was sort of the non-entity episode right and it was sort of like oh it was okay episode but clearly you know the name right the long game it, it was the right. episode title was referencing this plot really um uh, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, it's got the themes of dealing with consequences, which they just talked about in the last episode. You know, the doctor doesn't stick around to see the consequences we've done. And, and that's, you know, exactly, you know, he turned off the entire news. And then Linda, the the uh, woman in the big brother house, was like, yeah, everything just turned off and the whole world collapsed because there was no news. It's just like, I, I think it sounds kind of nice. Actually, there were no news. We might be better <laughs> off, but apparently, it was bad in this world. Um, uh, so, so there's there's that which is great, um, and then this is it's just full of so many Doctor Who-y moments, right? Moments that only could happen in Doctor Who. I mean, you know, the, the, the image of the the TARDIS, the spinning police box coming at the missiles from the, it's just such a ridiculous image. <laughs> um the 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 use of the android, um, which of course becomes a dated reference very quickly. I mean that's the problem with anything pop culture, but like, you know, the 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 use of the real voice of Anne Robinson hosting the weakest link and then having the android and then using the android to attack the Daleks at one point, it's just like only Doctor Who could have somehow have the, the most of the weakest link, you know, yeah. as a weapon against. Yeah, I I both sort of appreciated that that it sort of gave you a sense of how the show. Well, I mean, they would have done this before the series anyway, but just how the show is so ingrained in the culture that I'm sure all these people were very happy to be involved and, yeah. and do this. Um, but yeah, it it really. I didn't love this first episode. It, it was very dated. It dates quickly, um, yeah. And that's about anything pop culture. Um, I think the other thing that was cool about this episode is actually the most interesting sort of emotional and even exciting parts in many ways is actually Rose back with Mickey and Jackie. Yeah. Um, and like the the her in the in the chip shop, it's, it's a great scene where she's kind of, she's really upset and she's, she's trying to express herself and they're kind of taking offense. Like, hey, you know, isn't our lives worth anything? And she's like, Yes, they are, but also things are just better when you're like saving the universe. <laughs> like, there's also that, and then you know you've got uh, uh, the the you know the special effects bonanza of all the Daleks and more Daleks than we've ever seen before right. in Doctor Who, which is really cool for Doctor Who fans. Had we but seen them the, floating in space like no, that? No, not like that. I mean, we they, you know you knew they could, but 
it's not like they ever showed it really because it's hard to do. Um, it's hard to get to space to film now. Uh, the taxes, I'm saying. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> but, um, you can do that in New Orleans. That's where uh, you really yeah, got to do that. Yeah. That's where you're going to do it. Um, so, but, you know, but then the most exciting sort of punch the air moment is Jackie driving around the corner in a tow truck. And it's just like, you know, like, it's just like there's an emotional payoff to that that she's like, okay, you know, I don't understand. And, you know, you, you, she has a little bit of an arc too where she sort of, she turns around on the doctor because he brought Rose back and like, you know, mm-hmm. protected her. Um, and, uh, you know, you have Mickey, uh, you know, being like, you know, this, I guess this is your life now and, and we'll help you get back. Um, and then you also have the great moment at the end where it's sort of, you know, the whole season has been about the doctors, the consequences of the time war, right. And the doctors sort of his role in that and ending the time war, which we find out about more in later seasons. And then he kind of has a chance to repeat it again. He's building the weapon at the end. And they said, you know, go ahead and do it. And he's, you know, are you, are you a coward or, or whatever, a killer or coward? And he says, coward every time. And it's only, again, only Doctor Who can kind of make that a heroic line. It's like, yeah, coward every time. I, I, I won't do it. Um, now, I, I would be remiss if we didn't mention, of course, that uh, doctor, uh, the doctor wiped out the Daleks seemingly. One survived. They came back all this way to build up an entire new army, which then Rose immediately wiped <laughs> out again. So the Daleks just really, <laughs> not great. really can't catch a break. Um, although, it, you know, and again, in a and, and Russell T. Davis is too smart a writer. He's, I mean, <laughs> this is the definition of a deus ex machina ending she becomes a god and she walks out of the yeah. TARDIS and ends the whole episode. like and he so he had to obviously it was intentional like um and and it i think almost because he makes it so clearly intentional he just about gets away with it right it is a little bit of a cheat right it it, it sort of takes away that the the you know the doctor doesn't have to use the weapon but everything gets saved and then things get reset and jack gets you know becomes alive again although the consequences of that really play out in an interesting way um but yeah, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good episode. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting. It's very exciting, and like you said, the effects were good. I was wondering if I feel like there's also a bit of a feint where is this Big Brother contestant going to become a new companion? Yeah, and her um, death is kind of cool. I mean, I liked her. Mm-hmm. It's at once scary and sad. Like you know, so, so for viewers who are or listeners <laughs> who haven't bothered to watch the episode, I don't know why <laughs> um, why you would do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, when she is she's standing at there, they're coming through the door, and she's got the window behind her, and she thinks they're going to come through the door, and then she turns around, and they're outside the window, and you see the lights. You, know, you can't hear them say exterminate, but you see that's a very cool, uh, it was a cool death um, for her. Um, and yeah, we should mention you, should, you can always go to mindprobe.show if you want to see our watch order. If you want to watch along with us Absolutely. each week, please, Absolutely. please do. Yeah. And I actually thought also Captain Jack had a good sort of action hero moments of leading this little re- mm-hmm. resistance throughout. And they. They, they, I thought they they sold that pretty well that he was suddenly trying to like come with me if you want to live kind of, kind of thing and getting together this ragtag band that's ultimately unsuccessful but sort of buys everyone enough time and it's a very heroic act and uh, similar to the previous satellite stage it's all clearly done on you know like sound yeah. stages and stuff mm-hmm. but it looks a little better here I, I think you kind of buy it and I thought for my purposes, like I didn't love the first Dalek episode that much for in part because I actually just didn't think the, the lone Dalek was, was set up as that menacing. Right. And the way I, in, in that episode, I just, I don't know. I just didn't happen to feel that. I thought these seemed not just not, I don't just mean the scale of it, but just the few that were going through the ship and destroying um, the, the resistance fighters. Yeah. I thought they were pretty menacing. I mean, I yeah, thought they looked solid, scary. and and yeah, obviously they're effective. Um, they, they, it's interesting. He's trying to do a lot of interesting things with the Daleks here. That you know, they they survive through the Emperor Dalek, who we had seen the Emperor like way back in the Second Doctor's era, um, and not really ever since. Um, and so you know, there's a whole ranking. You know, the Daleks have ranks. There's Black Dalek and the I don't mean the, the Dalek race, but, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's like different rankings of the Daleks and different things and different roles. Um, and so, yeah, we knew there was an emperor. There's also a creator who we'll get to at some point. Uh, and he kind of comes back, but there's the emperor. Um, and yeah, the whole idea that then they were using humans to create Daleks and sort of the back history of the Daleks, is their, their 
very much a metaphor, a pretty blatant one for Nazis. Uh, and they're very much into racial purity and things like that. And so, you know, the interesting idea that they hate their own existence because they are, they're not, you know, as, as, as pure as, uh, as they want to be. Um, I and the idea that they of... would be religious is kind of, you know, that there'd be able to religious right. fervor to that. That's new. Uh, and that was kind of interesting as well. And I guess that was the, I thought there was going to be more to the idea of we're mixed with humans now. So we are more human mm. in some way and, and, you know, more radic, more something. And I guess it was the, the, the religion was the big thing yeah. that changed there, but not much else about them seemed really They tried different. to do this. So uh, in the set with the last time actually we saw the emperor Dalek was the second doctor story called the evil of the Daleks, which is mostly missing, but one of the sort of, regarded as one of the great classes actually written by david whitaker who wrote the edge of destruction don't let that put you off that it's a very good story <laughs> um but uh yeah um uh, in that one the daleks were trying to isolate the human factor um and they were using the doctor to figure this out the doctor thought okay this is uh, they're trying to make themselves human and he sort of they, they converted daleks into make them more human like a couple of them uh, but then what the docs are actually trying to do is find is eliminate all of the, the human weaknesses so that the Daleks were more Dalek. Um, but then the doctor, anyway, um, we'll get to that at some point, but, um, I imagine the doctor probably killed all the Daleks. Yes. Just kill them. <laughs> yes. They actually, actually, yes. The end of that episode was meant to be the final end of the Daleks. And sure. that was in 1960, like nine. They keep going. Um, yeah. So no, it was, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, I think it's a solid episode. Uh, again, I like how they bring all the themes together and, 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 you know, it's, yeah. it does tell a complete story for the season. Um, I think it, it, as you mentioned a couple of times, it sort of really completes the development of Jackie and Mickey, um, who have both become great characters. Like, great. When they first yep. appeared, it was kind of like, man, <laughs> but now they really, it just seemed throwaway. Character. It seemed like, Oh, they're kind of into just set this, like, uh, just set dressing for Rose's life back on earth. And then, right we'll probably never see them again. Um, and instead they've, they've really become key to the show. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if I think we talked about this. I forget if we talked about this previously, but Rose ascending to this bad wolf, uh, consciousness touching, you know, the, the heart of the TARDIS or the time vortex or whatever it's called. Uh, Rose continues on. Do, are there, follow-on effects of that does that does that sort of stick with her in some way uh do does that come back the yeah in really interesting in, in uh, surprising ways yes it does come back um uh throughout several seasons um in different ways which is pretty interesting um they also do this also begins the trend of uh you know, again, playing with the idea that the doctor, whether he can be in romantic relationships or not with the companions and how that's always very, very um, controversial amongst fans. Some, you know, some say he can, some say he shouldn't, um, is coming up with some excuse for him to kiss the companion. That's not really a kiss. Right. Right. So, right. <laughs> so like it's this more was, of a Disney princess kiss of right. like, I can wake you up by kissing you. And, you know, these. Yeah. I'm going to take the time vortex from you. Um, and they always they inevitably include these in the trailers to get people all spun up about oh, he's making out with a companion. It just can't be done. <laughs> of course, I love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea that some fans uh, not just would say, I don't like that. I don't want them to do that. But <laughs> would say. No, no, no. The doctor cannot do that. It's like, we just did. We, we see it. They control whether he does it. No, no, no. Uh, he cannot do that. That, that. that did not happen. All right. Why don't we head over now to the little corner of the podcast that I call the recapping the classic episode. Well, come with me, won't you, John? The podcast has corners? No? Yeah. It's nooks and crannies and corners. It's I got... kind of a Mr. Rogers kind of thing going on here. <laughs> this podcast has a lot shoes. of... If you've ever seen like old homes, we have a lot of built-ins. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of built-in cabinets <laughs> and right. nooks. We watched a, a true classic, as I understand Indeed. it, the caves of and Androzani. 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 <laughs> Very New York. <laughs> the caves Androzani. of <laughs> This is season 21, serial six of the original series. It's four episodes. It was released. March 8th through 16th, 1984. Here is a clip. How could I ever let you go? The sight of beauty is so important to me. And 
the stimulus of a mind nearly equal to my own. Thank you. I've missed so much of life these last lonely years. But your arrival has changed all that. We shall become the best of companions. What do you say, Perry? We can go on nature walks, have picnics, and jolly evenings around the campfire. Don't mock me, Doctor. Beauty I must have, but you are dispensable. Thank you. You have the mouth of a crackling jackanapes. But your eyes, they tell a different story. Shiraz, Jack, really, really going for it. I, I uh, really, uh, that's another classic Doctor Who line that I've always wanted to work into, you know, sort of casual. I'd, I'd like to put it in like a performance review. Like, mm, okay, well, you, you have the mouth of a prattling jackanapes, but your eyes, <laughs> your eyes tell a different story. I'm going really to give you a chance here. <laughs> I love the line reading of, but your presence has changed all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy's really going for it. Okay, I'm going to do my my recap. Uh, which I is... like how you said that. Like, it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to no. mix it up a little. I'm going to do my recap. <laughs> well, but I'm just going to warn you. You'll have to fill in a lot because I, I feel like my recap is very short uh, <laughs> because I feel like I have a lot of sort of you know, in parentheses, and then they fight. I, I don't know if you know this from the the Lord of the Rings script from the Oscar-winning movies, which are, you know, four hours long, not unlike episodes of this podcast. Uh, the way the scripts are written, they're largely, they were written with Peter Jackson's wife, uh, Fran, and she kind of wrote a lot of the scripts, though he was involved in the writing of it. But the battle scenes, which in the movies take a good 35 minutes, uh, often are just one stage direction that says, and then they fought like men. And that's like 35 <laughs> minutes of the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like I have some of that in here. The fifth Doctor and Perry appear in a sand-swept wasteland. They find some interesting glass-like material, and the Doctor kind of Sherlock Holmes out wh- figures out where they are. The Androzani planet system. They're captured by some soldiers. They're brought underground and put up for execution. So here's what I'm what seems to be happening here is that there's Androzani major and minor two different planets they're on the minor planet people seem to mine a liquid called spectrox that's used maybe there but definitely elsewhere or on the major planet at least and it's kind of a tonic that extends people's lives the government slash corporation that runs the planet uh, the the minor planet has had their Spectrox operation sabotaged or taken over by a masked figure who we just heard in the clip named Sharaz Jek. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government sent a group of armed men to to find him. Anyway, they think Doctor and Perry are part of Sharaz Jek's uh, thing, <laughs> and they imprison <laughs> and they imprison them and they mean to execute them. And they, and they they do execute them, but when they're shot, which is a, a nice cliffhanger, uh, we find out that he Shara's Jack has already replaced them with androids. So the Doctor and Perry are actually held captive by Shara's Jack. In detainment, they talk to a government official who Jack has similarly androided out, Salatin, Salatin. who who figures out that they touched Ross Spectrox and will be dead. will be dead soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so you'll Ross- be dead soon. <laughs> and, and here's where my recap really picks up speed. The Ross Spectrox <laughs> is made by bats in underground caves. And the antidote is to drink bat milk, mm-hmm. but the bats are in an oxygen deprived area of the caves. The doctor says, screw it. I'm going to get some bat milk <laughs> along the way. The corporate overlord murders the president. There are several battles between the different factions. <laughs> the doctor eventually gets some milk, gets to Perry, carries her to the TARDIS, but he only has enough milk to save her. He tells her it's okay. I'll regenerate, which he's done before. But he says, this feels different this time. Mm. He passes out, talks to some floating heads from his past. We see mm-hmm. Turlo. Mm-hmm. I need to be excited about that. <clears throat> And then he's a new doctor, the sixth yeah. doctor, What's which that? I was not excited about. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was pretty predictable that the, the fifth doctor would turn into the sixth yeah, doctor. it would have been uh, crazy if he'd been the seventh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, but that whole period there where, you know, there was a lot of battles back and forth and, and intrigue. It, uh, I, 
anyway, I I didn't go into all that detail, but that's basically what was what was going on. What uh, what didn't I miss? <laughs> okay, <that> and <laughs> roll up our sleeves and do some work here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, actually, in a way, you 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 hit on I think what's one of the most interesting parts about the story, which is basically all the story is about for the doctor and Perry is they go to these caves, they get this infection, they're both dying from it. They need to get a cure. And all they're interested in is, can we get out, get this right. cure and leave? They, that's, and, and everything else is happening around them. Uh, and, and the story, and it took me, I think a while to, to, to sort of pick up on this. The, all the story that's going around them is all driven by the other characters misinterpreting what they're doing here right like morgus starts to get suspicious because misinterpreting he sees, what the doc why the yeah, doctor like, who are they and what are they and like oh they must right. be spies for so-and-so or oh the president must be doing you know using them to get information or you know something's happening here i don't understand and all, all they've basically done is innocently blunder in and then everything else that happens in the story is sort of set in motion by other characters assuming they're somehow involved in all the machinations that are going oh. on which so is they really end, they end up this like gumming up the works of yeah. this whole thing yeah. but completely inadvertently if, if they hadn't so, so morgus is playing both ends right so morgus is both the the sort of presidium the 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 um or, or the, the company um that's making all the money um but he's also funding the sort of the war he's, he's funding both sides of the war right the smugglers and the the military um because if he he's keeps funding the war going, sure as jack no, uh, he he's funding the gun runners, uh, or the, the the yeah the gun runners, right? Who are who are running weapons to Jack. So yes, in a way, well, so he's okay. Jack is paying them in Spectrox um, in exchange for weapons to keep fighting the military. Uh, so Morgus gets the Spectrox, which is worth an, a fortune because Jack has all of it, uh, uh, and so and everybody wants it because it's the Fountain of Youth sort of thing. Um, and so Morgus is getting a ton of money from that. And then he's also paying for the military. So basically he's just keeping the whole war going because it makes him richer and more powerful. Um, uh, an interesting performance too. a very, very house of cards, uh, you know, speaking right yeah. to the camera. <laughs> um, sort of yes. Oh, I forgot to make a note about that. Yeah. I, I thought, well, the first time that happened, I <laughs> kind of sat up straight and paid attention more <laughs> to think, was there some shot I'm missing that he was talking to someone else and then he does it a second time and I thought, oh no, he's just giving a soliloquy to us or an aside to us. Yeah, this is a so this is um uh, a couple really major players on this one. So this is directed by a guy named Graham Harper. Um, it's the first I believe it's the first one he's directed on his own. He'd been a production assistant or done other things or assistant director throughout Doctor Who, but um, this was the first time he really took over and he did another really good classic Six Doctor episode with the Daleks. Um, and sort of somewhat uniquely for the classic series, you can tell it's directed. Really, uh, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, all of them are directed. You just leave the cameras out, and people wander in front of them. <laughs> but like, you can, it, it has a, a style and a flair to it that kind of looks like somebody, you know, was being creative about how it was being directed, and sort of the shots and the montages, like that. The the um, you know, sort of the cut together with the music uh, at the end of the first episode, where they're like waiting for the to be shot and the that that's really well done. Um, and he actually is the, I believe the only classic series director who also ends up directing some new series episodes. Um, mm. uh, it's written by Robert Holmes who wrote the Ark in space. Um, and is sort of considered one of the classic script writers. Uh, and Holmes, this is the only, yes, it's the only fifth doctor story that Robert Holmes wrote. Um, and I think he kind of, he, he, probably nails the fifth doctor character better than anyone else in the sense of like, unfortunately in his final episode, but <laughs> yeah. that is something Davison. So Davison was leaving. Um, and, um, part of it was he didn't really like like warriors of the deep and other stories. He was like, I'm not you know, wild about the stories I'm getting. And so I'm, I think I'm going to leave. And then the final season, the story started to come in like this one. And he was like, Oh, I would have stayed for another season if they were all going to be this, you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, like they, he doesn't, you know, as we talked about in some past ones, these came out in the eighties. Things are more violent, uh, you know, sort of reflecting the times and the script editor kind of had trouble, I think, envisioning a world where this pacifist character functioned and Holmes runs with that, right? He, he's still sort of an ineffectual character in some ways, but he's heroic in, 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 in at the same time, right? His mission is to, um, is to help Perry and that's all he cares about. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, everything else is, is secondary to it um which again you know he, he doesn't stop the bad guys everybody dies like everybody dies in this yeah. story he doesn't stop the bad guys um but that doesn't matter because he's really he really is about uh you know 
um, uh, just helping Perry. Um, so yeah, I think this is Davis and Swan Song. Swan Song is really good. Um, the pace is, I mean, for a classic Doctor Who episode, it moves fast. I mean, you're just kind of like, oh wow, the first episode's over. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's often considered um, a classic. Uh, it does obviously end with the regeneration, which Peter Davison did complain that part of the, you know, he, he's having his climactic death scene and he's slightly being upstaged by Perry's rather generous chest, which is hanging over it. Right. <laughs> he's like, I think everyone was looking at her, not me, um, <laughs> during this scene. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, so generally when they do votes on sort of best of Doctor Who's over the years, this one ends up in the top 10 most of the time and, and has been the best at certain times that's Um, interesting uh by the way i was some notes i had is that we get to corporate overlords again and controlling a vital resource so this reminds me of vengeance on varos getting that reference the the people who the the vengeance on varos people who paid us to reference them (laughs) (laughs) getting their money's make sure Um, you use promo code mindpro (laughs) when you download vengeance on varos yeah, no, but it did remind me of similar theme, and I mean, it is the same doctor, like you said. That's it's it's the eighties. Um, I did think I I can definitely see that. Well, I only have the one to compare it to, but it was much stronger here. Clearly, a, a much better written episode. The people around him were much better performers. Really, no bad performers here. Um, Perry is still doing her terrible, terrible <laughs> accent, but um but performs pretty well it's just the accent is extremely distracting but uh but yeah she's some good line readings and, and i think when i first good. i don't know if we mentioned this last but i think when i first saw perry i didn't realize she was supposed to be american which is pretty much condemns right the, <laughs> condemns yeah. the whole thing um i think um this is actually her second story so she only appears so her her premiere oh, wow. story was the one before planet of fire and this is only the second one and then um and that it, it's actually kind of I think part of the sort of her character or, or so, you know, we see them, I think it's her, when we, when we saw Avengers on Varos, it's like their third story together, I think. Um, and it's partly is supposed to, I, I think part of what they're trying to do with her character and why she's so prickly with the sixth doctor is because, you know, they were kind of saying, Hey, she, she went off. She's, she's supposed to be, again, she's supposed to be younger than she probably appears. She's a botany student. Um, and she just kind of went off with the doctor and, you know, he's this young, nice guy, Peter Davison. And then suddenly he regenerates into this older jerk, um, six doctor. And so part <laughs> of her, you know, part of how, why she's like, she is supposed to be a response. Like, oh yeah, I kind of got ripped off here. <laughs> like, um, it's yeah. an interesting idea that would be developed better, I think in a new series than, uh, than this one. Um, but yeah, um, uh, it's, it's a cool story. It's a, um, a uh, fun little fact, uh, uh, Salatine, uh, Robert Glenister, uh, was a pretty well-known actor in the UK. He just showed up again uh, in the latest series. He plays uh, Thomas Edison in an episode um, as a, 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 of the 13th Doctor in just the, the most recent series. So um, they, all come looks, back. they all come back. He looks familiar. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. What was the name of the overlord morgus uh john norrington yeah uh he's uh um uh he appears later in um, the seventh doctor episode called the happiness patrol but yeah he he does a really good job here very again very house of cards sort of prince circuit yeah yeah he's great uh the president that he interacts with a lot is great the two um army folk well there's more than two yeah yeah but the two that mainly interact are both great Saltine is good i mean like all the all the main characters uh my, my takeaway w- from it was it's interesting that it was it's like one of the most favorite ever i did think it was written really well like you said the pace was really good and then just all there wasn't any bad acting it was all good acting um i didn't find the plot that compelling uh but i did like because of all the rest of it, I thought it was, right. I really enjoyed yeah. the episode. It's a uh, slick episode, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's, it's um, uh, with, of course, the exception, and all Doctor Who has to have that of the magma beast, which is sort of a sad He's dinosaur. <laughs> um, and that was lumbering. added because the producer, you know, they, they, I think the story was written without it, uh, if I recall correctly. And the producer said, "No, Doctor Who has to have a monster, so you, you got to put a monster." In. And and I think they were like, "What about?" the guy with the melted face and like not enough monstery gotta have a monster <laughs> so like, all right well here's this big rubber dinosaur <laughs> like, what yes, i like yes <laughs> what i do like is finally uh bat milk gets some dew here because let me right. tell you something john i have two little girls 
kids come a running for the fresh taste of bat milk. <laughs> <laughs> they love the bat milk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's, uh, and you know, I think um, I th- I'm confident that um, the scene of Luke Skywalker in uh, 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 the the latest what was it the the Last Jedi, uh, the Last the, Jedi, yeah, yeah I, as a direct reference to the story, I'm I'm pretty sure <laughs> that was what they were like. It's time for the themes. It's time for the themes. It's time for the themes. Themes are here for you. Ooh, pretty mellow. Themes. John, yeah. John, we are adherents of the repeating themes here on Intemp. And this week, I believe we're going to just hone in like a laser. We're going to focus mm-hmm. on a big theme here the regeneration. Yeah, we're going to pluck a strand out of these, a common strand out of these stories. Yes. Um, well, let me ask you. So, um, um, you have, I hope, over the course of the last, uh, you know, ten episodes or so of this podcast, gleaned that there is more than one doctor. Um, yes, we've worked that out. What? <laughs> how did you? What did you think happened? I mean, so so we haven't really talked about regeneration. I mean, we we know obviously. I think I've mentioned you know he regenerates, but what did you think happened? Like that he would go through a door and then some other person would come out or what were you expecting <laughs> what you saw? Or did you think, you know, some people said, Oh, is it like James Bond, right? Where he just shows up another guy and nobody says right. anything about it or yeah. I knew it was uh, somehow I knew that it was a moment that happened, that it wasn't just the new season starts and there's a new doctor. I knew that there were like a change happened. I didn't know, or, and I don't know if this is always the case, but in the two that we watched, I didn't, necessarily know that it's essentially like they're dying yeah and it's usually in or in these two scenarios it was both cases where it's like i would have to die but it's okay because when i die then this thing happens right i and i didn't know that i thought it in my mind i think i i maybe thought it just i i didn't know what triggered it but i didn't necessarily think it was them going through something that would otherwise kill someone else i didn't know that yeah, and I, I did think it would be. I guess it was sort of like this in the new episode. The in in the new Who one, it was sort of how I envisioned where the there was like this glowing. And they I, they try to get, actually get that across in the older one as well. There just the effects, you know, weren't yeah. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so I guess then the visual of it was for whatever reason did match up with like yeah, this is what I kind of assumed some sort of glowing light and then now they switch over um so yeah that was on but i didn't know they would die uh, which makes is interesting because now i can see why a regeneration episode would always be a pretty impactful episode because it's going to lead up to some way in which the doctor has to to die that has to sacrifice and probably sacrifice himself you know? Yeah, I mean, it adds in a way. It has a. It is a lot of fun, I imagine, to write because it does give you. Normally, you write these episodes, and the one thing you can't do is kill the main character. Um, uh, but yeah, like suddenly it's like okay, all bets are off, and and that's you know. So these stories do tend to be pretty epic. Um, it, it, you know, so in the fictional world, um, regeneration has is established that it, you know, as he says, uh, if a time lord is seriously injured. Um, you could also wear out the body. I guess it just gets very old, um, and you know, then you regenerate. Um, but um, uh, you know, so the Time Lords, for the most part, traditionally they stayed on Gallifrey, their home planet, and they were just sort of academics, and they never did anything, and they just kind of they would live for you know centuries and centuries because they never really exerted themselves, and they get very old, and then they'd regenerate into a new body, and then go on for centuries more. So they lived for a very long time. Um, the doctors supposedly burning through regenerations faster uh you <laughs> know this is because most of his yes there's some sort of traumatic thing that happens to him you know some kind of injury some big moment uh and that, that triggers the regeneration um the initial rules uh and actually at the uh at this point in the new series the rule remains uh that he could do it 12 times so so that there could only be uh, 13 doctors, right? So regenerate 12 times and uh, number 13 is the last. Um, and that was established in the old series a couple of different times. So initially, actually, the second doctor kind of said, we can live forever, barring accidents. Um, they kind of ignored that and then later established 12 times. Re- they can regenerate 12 times. Um, and I won't get into any spoilers, but they they did they do stick to that kind of as canon. Um, 
And uh, when we get to later doctors in this series, they have to deal with that um, and uh, address that. Although now, again, something new has happened at the end of this last season that, again, may rewrite those rules. But, uh, um, yes, yeah, so that's part of it. Um, yeah, their they're cells... Um, um, uh, basically reshuffle and you get the new uh the new um uh doctor uh it usually le- well we'll see what in the next episode sort of what the after effects are but it kind of scrambles them um obviously sort of same essential personality um but uh you know different character um different behavior um in many ways you know but sort of the core elements of you know they're, they're not going to be suddenly become a homicidal maniac or anything like that like, it's uh <laughs> keeps to the general themes of the show um and it's it's a brilliant uh, from a behind the scenes perspective. It's brilliant, right? So William Hartnell, who we've seen a couple episodes of, he was definitely an older guy. He had heart problems. The first doctor, uh, yeah, he was having trouble remembering his lines. Um, and if you look at his third season, it's actually interesting. They clearly are experimenting with different ways to write him out uh, uh, and trying to come up with some way to sort of gently uh, um, uh, push him out. Uh, and then finally, the producers, I think actually Sidney Newman, the original creator, even pitched the idea. They said, well, what if he just will just make this? He's an alien. He can do anything we want. So like, fine. Well, he regenerates and this happens. Um, and then they also, I think, very wisely. So, A, they didn't set it up. They're, obviously, the show was popular, but it wasn't covered in the way it is now. Um, and at the end of the first Doctor's third season, suddenly he just basically falls down, blurs, and becomes Patrick Troughton, a completely different actor. <laughs> uh, and then they deal with the fallout in the next story. It kind of explains what happened and stuff like that. But it's not like they were like, you know, two episodes before were like, oh, by the way, just FYI, if some I sometimes regenerate. <laughs> like, there was no, it just happened out of the blue. And so I think a couple people said, but the thing that was really, I think, probably the stroke of genius was, you know, they could have just tried to cast another old guy like William Hartnell, right? Like, he's like, let's find the closest thing we can to looking and sounding and behaving like him, and we'll you know, come up with some explanation why he looks a little bit different. But instead, they were like, no, we're going to go. They went with a completely different guy. He looks different. He acts different. He talks different. All this kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, then it just became this thing. Um, and it is, uh, it is covered in the uk on the news like like the six o'clock news will mention when there's a new doctor cast like they'll be like <laughs> okay it's gonna and um in towards in the new series especially at the height of it um it was uh, peter capaldi when he was announced there was a half hour primetime special uh where they like wow. announced him he comes on stage jody whitaker uh she was announced uh they had a, a five minute or uh, like a, i guess it's like a two minute um, little specially shot video thing that was aired during Wimbledon. Like, I mean, it's like huge <laughs> <laughs> to reveal who the new doctor is, and and like they, you know, there's betting pools on it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so yes, it's a very big deal. Um, now in the new series, uh, the Eccleston to Tenant one was kind of different because uh they weren't expecting to regenerate him at the end of the first season uh and then as things are going along there's a whole lot of backstage stuff between eccleston and some of the producers right, and stuff, which... and he wanted to leave uh and that didn't really come out until much later um but so yeah they, they clearly cast david tennant and it was only when they were like you know it, it was good it was leaked basically that eccleston was going to leave that they had to announce tenant so it was kind of informally announced um but uh yeah i mean it, it's it's why the show has last i mean the show's going on 50 you know seven years <laughs> um it's been uh been airing uh or, or since it was created and still going um and uh yeah it's a uh it's a stroke of genius that it could have just been you know you know a lot of people said uh at the time that they were trying to figure out what to do with william hartley like well yeah maybe just was you know this british tv right they run six, six episodes and then they never air the show again like a major hit they could have just been like yeah well, it was great it was a good show kids liked it we'll go on and do something else now uh and then they were like well what do we try this and it, it worked um so it's pretty cool yeah it's one of a variety of things that they've set up into the fabric of the show that does allow it to just go on forever there's no real need for doctor who to ever stop i mean right so and they um they yeah, they do um so most of the time uh I think no actually no so often it, it depends uh, in some cases I guess uh they um you know uh a new doctor also brings in a new production team you know new producers new writers there'll be other changes behind the scenes um sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't um in this case obviously um you know Billy Piper stays um uh russell t davies days so it doesn't you know, require it, there's not any major sort of uh 
thematic change changes the show. But later, like when Matt Smith, the Eleventh Doctor, comes in, it's almost a total reboot. Like the, yes, the continuity of the show carries on, but uh, Russell Davies leaves, Stephen Moffat takes over. There's new companions all at the same time. You know, a lot of cases when the regeneration is a companion will carry over, so you kind of have, you know, the audience has someone that they can still kind of hang on to um but yeah every once in a while uh and most recently with um uh, capaldi to whitaker that was another one where everything changed and the whole style of the show which is almost like they'll start a whole new show um and you know often the um and we'll talk about this next week sort of what what first episodes are like but it's a it makes for really um again it's an excuse to be like is you know we have a new star um so these are going to be in the same way that the sean connery and roger moore movies are different from the you know uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, ones, um, I am of course referring uh, to their animated work. No, uh, to, to Bond, <laughs> um, you know they it's it's an excuse to just well we can make it all different. So it's not just it's exactly the same show with just a different actor in it. It's it changes a lot about styles and uh, you know the, the tone and everything else. Um, I I think it was I just wanted a reference. I think it was episode five in Daleks where we talked about more about Christopher Eckersled and the what when some of the behind the scenes stuff that mm-hmm. led to him leaving uh, that quickly. But um, it sounded like that at least fans knew by the time this was coming around that he was going to, maybe they didn't know it was going to be this exact episode, but they knew this, there was only going to be one season of him. So this wouldn't have been a total surprise. Yeah, no, um, it's just, it's usually, again, it's such a big deal. And it's a, it's a shame, right? It's almost, um, uh, there will be a later uh, moment um, uh, where they do try to, uh, there is sort of a surprise moment, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I won't spoil any more than that, but um, uh, I, I've always thought it would be cool, right? It, it would be kind of cool to just have it happen unexpectedly, right? To have it totally mm. secret um, and, you know, suddenly he regenerates or, um, I always thought it would be interesting to write a story or something where you don't, you know, you don't see the regeneration at the end of the last doctor's thing. You start the series with one, like you get like some really famous actor, um, and you know, they appear to be playing the doctor, but then it turns out there's been, I don't know, some kind of mind switcher, you know, something has happened and the real doctor is like some bit character that is sort of in the background or something. Um, and then you get kind of a cool revelation, but yeah, it's just because it's so well known, it's really hard to do. Uh, well, look, surprise. well, look right up your pitch and yeah. send it to me. I mean, look, I, you know, I, I run the show. Do. I mean, by the way, I've been placed as the showrunner of the current doctor, the Jody Whitaker doctor. I don't know. We should mention that. That's bigger news. I mean, we should, we should have probably mentioned yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, loyal probers, you, you picked up the clues probably, but uh, <laughs> this is, this is big, but you were the first 12 people to know. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically over in Wales, they, they heard, me uh how much i hate curse of fenric <laughs> they said we like it we want a new this fresh guy. perspective yeah. let's get this guy he can't let's... pronounce most of the names let's get him in here let's undo and, the um... damage of curse of fenric from 20 years ago <laughs> john john hmm. there are over 295 doctor who stories i'm sticking to that okay you know they are making more stories every day so this number should probably change <laughs> yeah. at some point and we you're not even counting the audios i mean there's another like, i know 300 that's true yeah that's true i'm not uh we've ranked 18 of them so mm-hmm. now it's time to add in these two i will start off please these were uh these were kind of uh, middle for me so far uh, and again now we're getting to the point that our lists are you know getting more and more enormous so mm. uh, i just kind of i basically now my tactic is if i really i kind of how do i feel about it i really liked it kind of in the middle or i really disliked it then i look at that part of the list and see like well where would i fit them in between <laughs> here mm. uh, i didn't i didn't really love these uh the cave of the caves of androzani i I enjoyed, but like I said, the plot just wasn't really gripping me. The, all the performances and the writing and everything was good. So I kept trying to find out where to fit it in. Fit it in. I ended up putting it, uh, I don't know. Right now I have it just below Death to the Dolly. I'm going to move it up, actually. I'm going to move it mm. up. Oh, it's mm. happening right now. This, this is a live. live, folks, folks, breaking <laughs> live changes to the ranking. I, Porter I has a- projected. We are projecting Porter <laughs> ranking. <laughs> at number eight so i uh, of 20 i have it just below the end of the world which i i really didn't enjoy that second episode of the new series and above death to the daleks death to the daleks, death to the daleks. <laughs> and uh bad wolf parting of the ways 
I have uh I have above Curse of Fenric. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but so it's, uh, it's the watershed. It's 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 got his head <laughs> above water. <laughs> but below I, I have it in the lower end for for the new episodes. I've really mm-hmm. generally enjoyed the newer episodes um mm-hmm. a lot, but I have it in that kind of lower tier. I have it uh, number 14 so mm. below warriors of the deep which i just mm. think is fun i just love warriors of the deep good one um but and i as i was saying to you i i might have ranked i would rank them differently i would rank bad wolf probably even lower here like mm. more around where i have long game and parting of the ways i'd probably put different but because they are this one package it just that first part of it i didn't really love and then i liked the second half of it especially some of the uh, heroic stuff with the doctor and this realization of rose as this time being pretty cool but it's still just i wouldn't rewatch it i i don't think i don't know and kind of going to your uh your rules of i am going to be forced to rewatch this at some point so when we start our second run of the podcast and we go through this all again and then we just rank our rankings. It's like, you know, I had this at number four. That wrong. the me ranking at number four is a number seven yeah. ranking That's one of my choice. worst rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, where did you fit these in? Uh so uh both of these came pretty high for me. Um uh Bad Wolf Party Ways, I agree with you. I actually honestly almost just don't even think about bad wall right ways but um party ways i like uh again i i i did i remember when i first saw it um and again maybe part of that was part of this is because that was a novel to me novelty to me at the time of oh cool like they there are so many elements from the you know bringing all the bad wolf together um and and seeing how that fit together even though it doesn't entirely make sense as to why <laughs> she she sees the words <laughs> bad wolf and it's like ah, i should look inside the tardis and then go back and become a god um but whatever uh i'll allow it i'll allow it carry on okay john's carry alone then. <laughs> um, proceed proceed <laughs> uh but you know it, so the, the way it brings everything together the great character moments with mickey and jackie uh, I think I think Billy Piper. We didn't really talk about this. Um, we should talk about more stuff about these episodes in this podcast. Uh, yeah. I, I thought Billy Piper's performance was really good. I really liked the scene in the cafe with them uh, because I think all, I think that whole conversation, what she's saying, I agree with. What they're saying, I agree with. The emotions that they, I, it's just, I, I liked it. Um, and then again, you get sort of the epic uh, uh, Dalek story. And I think Christopher Eccleston is a sort of good heroic uh, regeneration. Uh, so I put them at, I put Bad Wolf Party Ways at number six, just behind the Argus Face. It's the best, uh, uh, except for The Empty Child, The Doctor Dances. It's my highest of the first series rankings. Um, but then I put The Caves of Androzani up, up at the top, uh, number three, uh, just behind the Aztecs. Um, again, part, you know, this could also be in part because of the larger context, because I see so much more than you, Porter. Uh, <laughs> for me, the context of this is, you know, it's it's one of the best Davis. I like Davison. I, I like his doctor. Um, I think, and he he's does, great in this. I mean, yeah, it, and yeah. I think he struggles. The stories he's in aren't always great. Um, and you know, he does the best with the material. And so, finally, like seeing him get good material, and uh, so that partly I think makes it cool. Uh, for me, yeah, because um, I found him in the one other episode I saw of him. I found him kind of a little bland a little milk toast and i didn't hear like he i thought he was great i yeah. was very compelling to watch yeah he does a fantastic job i love the i mean this this story i think um uh i love the pace i mean of all the classic episodes this moves like a modern you could edit this together yeah. into a two-part modern story and it would probably work uh you i mean you actually you probably put it as one <laughs> one part modern story because you could eliminate some of the filler like the magma beast um I, and it would work. Um, uh, and and again, I think I love the the dialogue as good as you mentioned. And I do think, and it did take me, as I said, a couple of viewings to catch it. But um, the the cleverness of the writing in that all of the things that are happening are just misunderstandings. Yeah. I thought that was very cool. Um, but again, it's it's pretty subtle. Um, uh, and you know, you're you're a parent. You're probably half asleep watching these things. There's a child beating you're... your head with a wooden spoon or whatever children do. Is that is that a thing that kids do? I assume. That. You're not wrong. No, you're, 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 you're close on that. I think what maybe put, puts me off about it is it reminds me a, a little bit of the the plot itself reminds me a little bit of the worst parts of some of the, for example, like Star Wars prequels things where it's like, hey, let's have a bunch of plot about 
like galactic trade routes Mm. and you know the intricacies of the government conspiracies between them and it's just it feels a little dry now the way this is presented is way better than things that were in the prequels (laughs) because the writing and the characters and the acting are good i mean the the scene where he does push the president down the elevator is a really interesting scene but just in terms of the back and forth about it i don't find myself caring that much about whether they get the the, well, the liquid or whether it happens it just it doesn't like it's not that yeah. compelling i mean yeah actually this is definitely sort of a, uh we've talked about this a couple times in, in past episodes go back and find them brokers uh because we don't remember which ones but uh, <laughs> uh they, they do talk about yeah we mentioned like the argument of why well, you should set stories on earth because people aren't interested in the sort of the machinations of right. what's going on on some random planet somewhere in the nowhere. And so you can see that here, this is an atypical doctor who story too. It's very dark. Everybody dies, which is happens, but it's rare. Uh, just about everybody dies in the story, except uh, yeah, actually everybody dies. <laughs> doctor dies. Well, yeah. only Perry, Perry, doesn't yeah, die. Perry makes it. Um, and, uh, um, uh, and it doesn't have sort of quite the same humor and joy, right? That you see in a lot of other doctors. I mean, the the we didn't even talk about the scene. We should really go back and read you. This was something we didn't talk about. But uh, we uh, the scene where he he um, uh, the smugglers are on the outside, and he like tries to force the guy to swallow the to bite the poison pill or something. It's oh like yeah, a really intense. That's an intense scene, scene that doesn't feel even even I'm watching. I'm like, that doesn't feel really like that belongs in Doctor Who. Um, so, it's yeah, really well done. It's great. Yeah. So I, I think it, it has lighter too. parts like and mainly from obviously from the doctor. And again, that's why I think he he yeah. is very good in this and that I saw what I didn't see in the other episode of him kind of that. I feel like the one who I've seen do it best is tom baker of just yeah. bringing the kind of lightness and humor and quips to it without feeling like it's out of left field or even if it is out of left field feels like part of the character and he did that really well in this episode so i think yeah. he is the sole source of of lightness in in the episode yeah, but and, and, not in a bad way i mean again all the tone of it i thought was really good i just didn't couldn't get into the plot itself yeah and maybe, and maybe part of why it ends up high on my list or other doctor who fans list is that it is different. It is very, uh, it is very different. It stands out from other episodes um, for all the reasons that we've talked about. I'm going well, to repeat I, all the reasons. <laughs> again, I have a tiny mind and lack of context. Yeah, if and so, only, and only you could understand. If only you could see the web of Doctor Who episodes <laughs> that I can see. <laughs> and we should clarify this actually just right here on the podcast. Should I not be watching these while my children are hitting me with spoons constantly? <laughs> should I try to? somehow it's you know don't operate heavy machinery don't have your kids hitting you i mean i I don't know how often kids whack parents with spoons i assume it happens a lot yeah they love a good spoon hit it makes a great like thunk sound like they just it's a very satisfying sound yeah and i mean i mean uh do they use the same spoons that um mrs probe uses with her women friends when they they (laughs) pretend they're microphones after they've been eating ice cream all night they sing (laughs) that same spoons i've seen a lot of movies i understand how women work (laughs) that's a thing they do (laughs) i think that's right mrs probe mrs probe will, will I'm sure won't hear that, but she'll if if Mrs. Probe wants to give us feedback, uh, she can go to mindprobe.show and she can see notes from our old episodes, our complete ranking, uh, our show order if they want to watch along with us or just catch up uh, to us. And uh, they can they if they would like to send us a note, they can reach out to me at at Porter Mason on Twitter and please use the hashtag we all probe. Please probe with us. And you have to do it in a sing-songy way. There's a certain way to add intonation to your hashtags. I need that. We all probe. Come probe with us. It has to be like that. Otherwise, I will not see that. Um, but we do episodes all the time. We we don't like to say every week. But, boy, they sure seem to be coming out every week. Coming <laughs> out every week, yeah. What do we have in store for next episode slash week? John. Well, next episode, we we embark sort of on uh, the second season of the new series. It's the Christmas special. So this is this begins the tradition of Doctor Who Christmas specials. Um, so this is a special episode. So we begin the David Tennant era with the aptly named Christmas Invasion. Uh, I don't want to telegraph the plot, but uh, it may give you an interesting <laughs> hint of what's going on there. Um, and we've paired that with uh, another uh, uh, debut story. This will be John Pertwee, the third Doctor's uh, first story, Spearhead from Space. 
John, if this message is activated, then it can only mean one thing. We must be in danger, and I mean fatal. I'm dead or about to die any second with no chance of escape. If that's true, can you pop over and check my dog's food dish? Maybe let him out quick, freshen up his water. And oh, also, if you could raise my two children as though they're your own, could you do that also? Again, I question this as your voicemail message. I feel like it's asking a lot for someone who calls (laughs) you. If I'm dead, just pop on over there and raise my children. <laughs> hey, your kids are... Uh, so, dad's dead. Let's just rip that band-aid off right now. <laughs> I liked your very inspiring... Next week, we embark! Sort of. <laughs> sort of. We embark on a single Christmas special. <laughs> and then we disembark, and then we embark again later. <laughs> <laughs>